Hey everyone, and welcome to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast. Uh, I'm Jared Forte. He's Jake Forte. Howdy doody. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so he's there. I'm here, and we're ready to talk some basketball. Um, as always, you can listen to us on Podbean, and hopefully soon we'll be on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, among others. Um, we do have an email, even though we're a bit lacking in the website department right now. Um, so if you do want to reach out or contact us, you can always do so at throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. Again, that's throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. Um, it's the podcast name followed by JJ, no spaces. Um, we, we had to add the JJ because somebody beat us to the punch. Apparently somebody just really likes throwing bricks and they had to have the email to match. Um, <laughs> so uh, anything to add, Jake? Seven percent of American adults believe that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Really? Is that mm-hmm. true? Hundred percent. Wow, we are really, really dumb. Um, <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, if you listen to our intro pod, uh, you know that we're here to talk some ball. Um, there's two of us, the two Forte brothers. We used to play basketball, and now we want to talk about it. So here we find ourselves. Yeah, we're basically going to talk about ball interspersed with life, some jokes, some other stuff. Maybe I'll tell you about my first love or how I ended up mm. in Virginia during my school prom in Temecula, California, wearing a tutu. What? Oh, my God. I'm super interested in that story. (laughs) But um, uh, yeah, we don't want to just vamp for hours. So we're going to try and keep these a manageable size. We're thinking like 30 minutes on average. Yeah. yeah. But we're probably going to end up breaking our own rule right out of the gate here. uh, Because we actually want to dive right into the entire Western Conference. And where we left off when the season went on hiatus because of Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Nice segue. Thanks. I wrote it down in the script and everything. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I did that, but. Okay. That's not what my script says. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. So uh, since we're going to cover the West here uh, and the East in a subsequent pod, I guess, we'll just go ahead and call this a two-parter. Yeah. And um, welcome you all to the official Western Conference Recap Pod, episode one of the Throwing Up Bricks podcast. I'm hyped. Get a boo. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So, uh, Let's just dive in. We got a lot of content to cover. I mean, there's eight teams uh, that are eventually going to make it to the playoffs in the West, uh, among others that are led into the bubble. So let's just dive right in. Um, should we start, start top? top to bottom? Yeah, I, I love right. that idea. Okay. Let's start with the Lakers. Um, I mean, uh, people are going to call us homers. Uh, we are Laker fans, full disclosure. Um, but we'll try to be as impartial as possible. I mean, um, even if we aren't impartial, I think most people can agree that they might be the favorites. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Vegas agrees, and that is a uh, general indicator. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. Um, I mean, our record showed it, right? Uh, I don't have to tell anyone, but the, the Lakers did end uh, prior to the hiatus, uh, five and a half games up on the Clippers uh, as the one seed. So... Um, it's, it's looking pretty safe for this eight game ramp up that we're going to have leading into the playoffs in the bubble here. My whole thing with the Lakers is giving LeBron and essentially an entire off season to rest is the worst thing for the rest of the league. Like he doesn't take time to get his rhythm back. He just, he's going to be fresh. He's going to be excited. He's going to be energetic and he's just going to wreak havoc on the rest of the league. I'm kind of with you there. Although I did hear something interesting recently i forgot who i was listening to but uh they mentioned how lebron is always harping on the point to reporters that he actually likes the rhythm of the nba season because he, he mm. he's training and trying to peak at the right time you know almost like a runner tapering down before a big meet so i'm i'm interested how that'll affect him I, well he essentially will have you know 12 13 14 games to get into a rhythm before an actual game starts because regardless of who's yeah. in that eighth seed i don't think they're going to lose um, I am scared of Portland a little bit, but we'll get yeah, to that later. Um, but not in a seven game series. No, no, you're right. We'll, we'll come out of it. It would just be <laughs> quite the endeavor to have to go up against the, one of the reigning, um, conference teams from last year, uh, in the first round, that would be not your normal eight seed. 
Well, I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time in the Lakers. You know, number one defensive rating in the league, one of the best offenses, two superstars. Um, I think everybody knows what they're about. Uh, but for each team, I think we should give our X-Factor player. Uh, so for the Lakers, who do you have as, as being that key player? Yeah, um, weirdly enough, before before we heard news that he was going to be in the bubble, I probably would have said Avery Bradley just because uh, I feel like he's our pit bull at the top of the defense, sort of our our Patrick Beverly light, which I, I, mean, yep. I don't know how much lighter you can get than Pat Bev, but <laughs> yeah, it's our version. Um, he, he really did bring a doggedness at the top there. Um, and we're, we're kind of going to be missing. I mean, uh, it's going to mean a lot more minutes for Caruso, which I think is actually a good thing. It's probably the the best side effect of this whole thing. Yeah, um, I'm excited for him. Yeah, yeah. The Caruso's coming to town, <laughs> coming to Orlando. Um, but yeah, I probably would have said Avery Bradley, given that he's uh, not coming, though. Um, I I think uh, I think Caruso's a bit too much of a of a analytics darling to be my X factor. So I'm actually going to go with uh, KCP here. Hey, um, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Really, that's awesome. Okay, yeah, because I I think KCP's play is going to be hugely important. He is basically without Danny Green. Um, you know, if you're if you're not talking about Danny Green, he's our best shooter on the team. Um, he's going to get huge volume in minutes with all the the guard uh, injuries and pullouts that we had. Uh, I f- we forgot to mention that Rondo's out right for at least a little while. Hopefully, we'll be got back by the the playoffs um, with that broken hand. But um, yeah, KCP is going to be huge. If he if he knocks down shots, if he doesn't restart this bubble like he starts every season cold, um, if he actually comes out of the gate hot, we'll, we'll be in a pretty good position because we, we desperately need shooting. Um, yes. He's also going to have to step up on the defensive end. He's going to take those assignments maybe that Bradley was going to have. Uh, maybe Green will take that. Probably. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to fill that spot. All right, uh, move on to the Clippers here. Um, the antithesis of the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Our arch rivals. Oh my god! Although I wouldn't call it much of a rivalry historically. <laughs> they never made it to the conference finals. They have the most lottery picks in NBA history. I'm so sick and tired of this hype uh, about the Clippers. They're the Clippers. They always will be the Clippers, and they will never win anything. Okay, I I agree with you, but I will I'll give the Clippers fans their due. Um, they are an amazing team. There are no Clippers fans. They came out of nowhere. <laughs> They got Chris Paul, and they're like, "Woo!" And then last year happened, they're like, "Oh!" And then now they got two more superstars, and like, "Woo!" <laughs> if you're a clip, come out of the woodwork a little. If you can name Corey Maggette, Elton Brand, and Sam Cassell, then I'll give it to you. Yeah, Darius Miles. How about that? Oh god, the two tap forehead days. Oh man, Jesus. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious, and I believe in the Clipper curse. <laughs> um, and uh, But we will we'll give the Clippers their due, right? They, they are the second-best team in the West by record right now, and, I mean, at their peak, they're probably, yeah. with a bullet, the second-best team. It's no when question. they're healthy, um, they are When scary. they're healthy and playing together, yeah. Um, that was probably their biggest detriment this season is that their lineups just didn't get a lot of time to play. Whenever they still Kawhi had a was fantastic out, Paul record. Was in. Whenever Paul was out, Kawhi was in. Yeah, and they had a great record yeah. um, despite all that lineup turnover. Um, so they're going to be a force. Uh, we don't have to tell anyone that. Um, their defense is going to be interesting because they they match up. They're they're one of those teams that can pretty much play any size, right? They can play small ball. They've got the guys to do it. They can play big. They do have some bigs that they can throw out there with Zubas and just bang inside and stuff. Um, it, they're pretty uh, malleable, is what I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, they can switch out a lot. So they are they're the number one threat. You know, they're the team I'm most worried about as a Laker fan. I agree. Um, and Kawhi's just a killer, man. I guess we'll we'll. Hopefully, if they meet in the conference finals, we'll finally get an answer. Who's better? That would be Kawhi LeBron. Awesome. That would be well worth the wait. It'll be great. Because other than the Miami Heat series, they've never faced off. And Kawhi wasn't quiet, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it'll be one for the ages, I think, if we make it there. Fingers crossed. Well, my X-Factor player for the Clippers, um, it's weird having a superstar, but I think it's Paul George. Uh, just because his play this season has been a little up and down. He's been solid when healthy, but he's played so few games compared to everybody else. Uh, he's played under 30 minutes a game. Uh, so I just, I'm just i just curious to see when the chips are down, them two playing together, how it's going to work. Because they've looked good, Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, but, you know, come crunch time, 
we're going to see who's going to be the alpha dog. We are, and I, I, I'm inclined to believe that Kawhi is just going to take the reins in that sense. Um, I mean, playoff P has never actually been a thing. That's just a moniker he calls himself. Um, oh, it should actually be. I don't know about that. What about with the Pacers? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he had a couple good runs there, I guess, but this Mr. Fourth Quarter image he's tried to craft of himself. I mean, the dude has never made a game-winning shot in his career, going all the way back to high school. So I, I don't know. We'll um, see. All right, we'll I'm see. sick of talking about the Clippers. Let's move on to the Nuggets. <laughs> I agree. Let's get them out of here. Let's go on to the Nuggets. I like it. So the Nuggets, uh, if you don't mind me saying, are my X-Factor team, if there is one, uh-huh. in the playoffs here. I, I actually think Jokic is dangerous in this scenario. Yeah. A big dude who's that skilled um, and can throw his weight around in a very short turnaround between games. Uh, I think that's going to be a load to deal with for a lot of the bigs, um, and especially the small ball teams. Um, it's just a hell of a matchup. Like you put a big guy on him. He's so skilled and talented that he can kind of have his way with him. But if you put a smaller forward on him or something like that, then he's just too big and he'll just post you up. He's just, he's a weird matchup. There's nobody else like him weird. in the NBA. Yeah. Cause you've either got to go size full size on him. And then he's just going to, you know, nickel and dime all the way around that person. Um, or you put a small guy and he just squashes him in the post. He yeah. just goes after him. So, He's he's one of the toughest matchups outside of LeBron James uh, in the NBA. So I'm super interested to see how they do. Um, given all that, though, uh, they've always risen and fallen with uh, the Jamal Murrays and the Paul Millsap contributions, right? It's going to be their auxiliary pit players that kind of determine how far they're going to go in this bubble. Yeah, and I think they've kind of been recently, this iteration of them has been a regular season team. And then it comes to the playoffs and right. you know, the Spurs... Uh, gave them a run last year and all that stuff. So we'll see. They're young, they're unpredictable, and they're a weird matchup. They're a weird matchup, but I I kind of think coming into this bubble scenario, there's going to be a lot of cold shooting teams. You know, They're going to come uh-huh. into this. It's going to be a re-ramp up. It's going to be kind of like the beginning of the regular season where teams just can't shoot. And I think a guy like Jokic could just mash people down low all day, go for you know 2020s if he wants. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Although if he starts cold like he does every year, you know, if this restart is just a restart of the season for him, that's that's the antithesis of that argument, right? <laughs> He's gonna yeah. go the other way. So well, my X factor for them is not skinny Jokic. It's actually uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr. You think nickname's gonna catch on? Is that what we're just gonna call him the rest of his career? Skinny well, Jokic. He doesn't look that skinny. I saw him really in one of the scrimmages. He still looks pretty thick. Yeah, I think all that hype we had about the body changes is just a moot point now. He's eating <laughs> too much. Just, uh, yeah, just Instagram filters and skinny jeans, probably. <laughs> right. Anyways, so Porter Jr. Um, I know he hasn't played huge minutes in the regular season, and he's been injured and all that, but I really think he's going to be a key factor here in the playoffs. Um, oh yeah, he's unpredictable. You know, people haven't really played against him; they don't know how to match up with him. And he's so you know he's so tall, so skilled, so diverse. Uh, that I think if he's going to be able to give them 20 minutes of solid play, give them some scoring, be a third option to Jamal and, and Joker, um, I think he's going to be uh, the factor if they make it to the conference finals or they sputter out in the first round. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, the playoffs are filled with moments where young guys rise to the challenge, right? And they just come mm-hmm. out of the you know out of nowhere to provide this X factor that we're talking Siakam. about. And yeah. Siakam last year, mm-hmm. great example. Dude just poured it on in the playoffs and was a huge part of that. The young Celtics. Um, the young Celtics. That's a good one, too. I was thinking, the, I mean, the entire Warriors team, right? Like, they were all unproven when they finally got to the, the cup. Good um, point. And they are constantly finding, you know, young second round, you know, cheap players to come up and make good contributions. So I think I think you can look throughout history and find these examples, right? And so I think part yeah. of Junior, I think you're right on there. I think he is, he could be huge. Yeah. Um, anything else to say? We want to move on to the Jazz. Let's move on to the Jazz. The Jazz. I actually think this might be the shortest entry here because I think yeah. a lot of the wind was taken out of their sails with the oh, Bogdanovich. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, just their whole just, season was a little disappointing. I mean, they won a good amount of games. I think they won forty-one. Uh, but people were talking about them being contenders, you know, dark horse contenders, and I just don't, I don't see that. A lot of those 41 wins 
came during that one remember that that one stretch leading up to the all-star game and right after it when they had just the weakest part of their schedule yeah and when Conley beating up on teams under 500 yeah so I, I think their record is actually overinflated, and I think what we saw at the beginning of the season, the underperforming, is is actually indicative of what they are. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, because I, I like the Jazz. I always like a dark horse, but um, yeah. I mean, Boyan was great for them, right? He was awesome. Um, he was basically the only offensive engine that ever slowed down for them. You know, um, Ingles had trouble throughout the year. Uh, he had trouble weirdly acclimating next to Conley. Uh-huh. Um. And Gobert had all his issues, and the Donovan Mitchell Gobert friction. I mean, that's going to be a huge thing. I don't know if we need to get into all that. <laughs> um, yeah, they just seem like a, a very, I don't know, a troubled team, I guess. Uh, a troubled team missing one of their top scorers. Yes, and they're very unexciting and they're bland. I just, I just don't even want to talk about them anymore. Yeah, we can move on because I. I think they'll probably drop a spot, honestly, in the in the standings here. I think they might drop to five or six because I the Thunder and the Rockets are right up on their tail there, and I don't Ooh. know if the Jazz had the firepower. If if the Thunder and Rockets faced off in the first round, ooh baby, oh man, fireworks! That would be awesome. All right, um, speaking so of speaking thunder. of Thunder, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Um, CP three. Where else would we start? Yeah, <laughs> the point god made a resurgence this year, uh, and he didn't get injured. That was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um. They won 40 games in the regular season, um, one behind the Jazz, like we said, and only, honestly, only four behind the Clippers. Four. Unbelievable. Four games in the Clippers. Unreal. I mean, Chris Paul is the point god. I don't know what else there, there is to say. Um, uh, he seems I'm, to do his best on these young teams where he can mentor the young guys and he knows he's the undisputed alpha. That's what I was going to say. I think he's... He surprised me fitting into that role. I thought he was going to be disgruntled and want to get out of there. But from day one, he was like, all right, this is what we got. Let's play. It it very much is. It, it reminds me of his Hornets days, honestly, like where he was just the man and he was running the offense, uh, doing that pick and roll with David West. <laughs> um, the good old days of the point guard before all the, the Clippers mess. Um <laughs> But he is so much an engine of their team, and he is injury prone. We know that, so uh, that'll probably be my number one factor to watch for them. Me too. I think if CP goes down, I think it's it's kaputs for the Thunder. Um, I'm excited to see their young players. Um, I'm excited to see what Shea can do. Um, how Dennis Schroeder? Oh, Dennis Schroeder's gone. Is he not? No, he's there. He's there. He's part of their three guard rotation. I thought he left for the birth of his child. Oh, you mean that's the bubble. Uh, I think he's going to. I didn't know if he did already. Okay, but he'll probably come back. Yeah, I think he's, he's planning to come back. Okay. Maybe he did already. That's a good point. Uh, well, I should look apparently that you can leave the bubble whenever you want. I didn't know that was a thing at the start. but Yeah, this this bubble has a lot of holes. Yeah, More like a trucker hat with a bunch of mesh in the back. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say about the Thunder. That three-guard rotation was deadly, though. Uh-huh. Um, they use that as a lot of their closing lineups, um, and it it worked great. They were one of the best closing teams in the NBA. I think they had one of the best plus minuses in the fourth quarter, or the last five yeah. minutes of the fourth quarter. I'm excited. I hope they can put it together and win a series, and you know, shut the haters up. They could be very dangerous. I, I'd actually, if I wasn't going to select the Nuggets, which I am going to stick with the Nuggets as my X factor team, my surprise team, um, but I would have chosen the Thunder if I hadn't gone with them because they're fun, man. They are fun, fun. is back in OKC. No, All right. no more of the rest drama. Houston? Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> I like it. There's two of them. Uh, or don't like it, I guess. Um, the Rockets, for me, are the one team. If the Lake, Obviously, I want the Lakers to win. But if anyone else, I want the Rockets to win. Because really? I love Westbrook so much that I just want to see him get that chip and finally cement himself as one of the greats. Uh, but unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't trust Harden, and I don't trust him. Yeah, this is where I think uh, we're going to have our major disagreement here because I do not like the Rockets. Um, I'm going to put that on record in, in writing, stamp it on my forehead, whatever you want to use. Um, I do not like the Rockets. I've just, for the last three years, it's been a pain for me to watch them. I just cannot watch their style of ball. Now, I will give them credit this year is a lot more fun with Russ uh-huh. because he does open the floor a lot. It's a lot more running gun and none of this hardened dribbling for 23 seconds and then jacking up a shot. 
yeah, I just don't like the Rockets. I don't know. I don't like their style. I don't like their attitude. The, the city's just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm sorry, Houston. I'm sorry. You're a great city. But your team has rubbed me the wrong way. I don't like to be rubbed that way. Whoa. Yeah. Well, as um, I was saying, I think, <laughs> before we got into this rubbing nonsense, I think Westbrook fits perfectly. I think it was a great move in the offseason. I think it was the logical next step, the last chance for Harden. Get a guy who can get in the paint and get open threes. Because that's what they do, right? They have Harden score and everybody else just chucks up threes. So if that's the way they want to play, go all in, get a guy that can do that for you. 100%. I agree with that. Um, Westbrook is like them getting a, a backup engine that they can just rev up and when they want to rest the main one hard. It's like right? they put and, uh, two engines, one in the front and one in the back. Yeah, they put one in the in the frunk, right, of the yeah, Tesla car. exactly. <laughs> it's real frunky in Houston. Yeah, it's real frunky in Houston, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Westbrook has done wonders, but we, we should kind of split the season, right? Because at the beginning of the year, Westbrook was garbage. Yeah. I mean, leading up to the All-Star break, I don't think a lot of people had him on their ballots. Yeah, he was pretty he was bad. doing so horrible. Um, but he turned it around. I got to give him credit, even though I still don't like Houston. I got a bad taste in my mouth from the last few years here. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if a rested Harden can get it done. Well, my ex no excuses is actually Harden. And I think he needs to trust his teammates. That's what he hasn't done in these past years. He always does his thing where he does his, all his step backs, all that BS, and it usually doesn't end working. So I think when that's going south, he needs to trust Westbrook. He needs to trust Gordon. He needs to trust Austin Rivers in order for them to get to the next round. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's had real moments of giving up on his team. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, honestly. Um, I mean, that series against the Clippers a few years ago, when he just like basically just sat out the fourth quarter and watched yeah. his team come back. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's had like games where he's just thrown a series away when they get down in holes. So I, I think if we don't see any of that petulant Harden, if we see the the world beating offensive engine that he is, the Maserati of uh, NBA players, then uh, they will be a force to be reckoned with. All right. I still like AD, AD against them though, right? You know, oh. mashing people down low. <laughs> We're going to eat. <laughs> All right, Mavericks. Dallas, let's do this. All right. For me, I just wanted to get right into my X Factor, and that's KP. I think in order for them to make some noise to upset somebody, uh, he needs to play like he did on the Knicks. He needs to be efficient scorer, hitting outside shots, getting in the post, and being a force on defense. Because that's where they shine. I think when Luca's able to do his thing, get everybody involved, and then you have KP blocking shots, getting them on the run on the fast break, that's when they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. I mean, number one offense in the league um, yep. says a lot. Number one offense in history. Really? Um, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. If you look up by offensive efficiency, they are the number one with a bullet. That's absurd. It's crazy. Um, but it makes sense. Look at their shot chart. It's all layups and threes. It's, yep. it's like the... The Houston system, you know, on steroids, um, and they have honestly better shooters. I mean, Curry. Harden, you know, for all his shooting, uh, is actually, you know, not the most efficient three point shooter. No. He's efficient because he takes a lot of them, um, and you know, three is better than two. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Dallas does what Houston does on offense, except better because KP is an awesome stretch big. Um, but you're right. It depends on whether he's going to be that awesome stretch big. If he's going to get back on D, play both ends, and stroke the three. They did lose Dwight Powell. Yeah, that hurts. I think we should mention that. That really hurts. Season, they lost Dwight, and he's not back. So that hurts. He was giving them big minutes. He was that pick-and-roll partner that Luka loved. Um, he could also so we'll shoot. See if, uh, he could. He could. He was starting to be able to shoot. Um, so we'll see. Maybe Maxi Kleba is uh, ready to step up, fill that void. Not Luka Doncic. As his subtitles refer to, not Luca, <laughs> the other white guy, <laughs> exactly the other burnt guy. Have you noticed yeah. that every single white guy in in the bubble is burnt, is fried? They look like they're lobsters. I mean, they're spending all day at the pool. That's got to be the explanation, yeah, right? I guess so. They're just out there in the Orlando sun, getting fried. I don't know. They're probably living the life, man. Honestly. Eh. 
I mean, I know these guys are complaining, but like at this beginning part, it's probably a honeymoon period. You know, they're getting away from their families. They don't have anything to deal with. They just get to chill by the pool, play, you know, toss across beer pong, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably uh, pretty nice at the beginning. No doubt they'll be missing their families soon enough, though. Well, once the playoffs start, it'll be the intensity will be back. And I guess their families get to visit. A lot of their families get to visit, right? At, at a really? certain point, they have to come in. I thought um, well, that's a dumb idea. Maybe not. Maybe maybe they scrapped that during the early tanning. But I know that was in the books at first. Uh, maybe they scrapped it after the collective agreement there. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. So Mavericks, another dark horse. I mean, I feel like we have six dark horses in this conference. It's a it's, lot of dark horses. It's ridiculous. It's a dark stampede. Gotta, it's a dark stampede. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now we get to the non-dark horses. I think I think it's safe to say that um, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So let's go with Memphis. Let's give them All the right. respect they deserve. Memphis Grizzlies, the current eight seed, started out slow and then picked up steam, and they're one of the most annoying teams to face. I don't think anybody wants to play them. Yeah, they're they're they have a lot of energy. They're a bunch of young guys. They don't give up. They got an edge to them, man. Um, they got a non-Canadian Canadian and Dylan Brooks, who's <laughs> a little yeah. bit like Jamal Murray there, where he ain't polite. You know, he's coming at you, yeah. uh, <laughs> probably to the detriment of himself. He does foul a lot, but uh, <laughs> they need that edge. They need some pit bulls in the locker room there. Um, that Tony Allen reincarnate. Yeah, yeah. Grit and grind era back, but not really, right? Because we've got shooters galore on this team. That's oh, yeah. where they kind of... Uh, I don't think they shoot a great percentage overall, but they do have some shooters on there and they, they get them up. And, you know, in this day and age, getting them up is more important than making them, honestly. Yep. And they um, run. They do run. They get out and run. So, yeah, uh, I think. Do you think they're going to hang on to the spot? Um, I would like them to. But it's just too hard. You know, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, they're all, what, a game and a half behind? Something like that? Yeah. It's going to be a dogfight. And then the playing games, I just think it's going to be whoever gels the quickest, gets in rhythm, and you know doesn't have to deal with injuries. That's going to be the team that comes out on top. Yeah. Uh, the Grizz are getting screwed a little bit by the scheduling here. Um, they face a really tough schedule. Yeah. I mean, they've got uh, uh, the Clippers on the schedule. They've got, I think, the Bucks too. I mean, it's a rough schedule for them, um, and it's backloaded. Uh, so we'll see how that how they fare on that. I, I was listening to the ringer mismatch. Um, and I think it was KOC who mentioned, uh, that this backloading of schedule might actually benefit them in a weird way. Because if you, if you get these teams like the Lakers and the Clippers already kind of locking up their spots in the early few games, they might start resting some LeBron James's and Anthony Davis's of the world's. So Kawhi Leonard's, um, the last few games of this eight game lead up because they don't need the spot. You know, they've already kind of locked it up. No reason to get your stars injured. Yeah. And so when the Grizz come around to facing them, they might be a depleted team. So we'll, we'll see. There's some interesting scheduling, uh, finagling that'll go on there. Um, but Portland's right on their tail, man. And Portland is scary. I mentioned it earlier. They're healthy. They got their guys back. They're healthy. Leonard, they got Nurk. Nurk. They got Collins. Collins is back. I mean, yeah, the only reason they lost right. games Collins. was because they were small. They, they were... <laughs> trotting out mario hazonia i mean okay. come on if you're using mario hazonia for more than one minute a game it's going to be tough to Can win you spell bust <laughs> number five pick right yeah something like that <laughs> oh by the way i just want to interject this when we say us like they're gonna play us we don't mean us like an ellie finis yeah. we mean the lakers <laughs> so just to put that out there for people I'd that be are down for some LA fitness action, honestly. I am missing some ball, man. <laughs> but yeah, we mean the Lakers. Uh, we bleed purple and gold. So uh, yeah, we consider us them and them us, and we are them and they are us. We are all together, man. All right, weirdo. Um, <laughs> uh, my X factor for the Grizzlies is Valanciunas because he's one of the it's not bad. few JB. pure bigs left in the league. And he only plays 26 minutes a game. But I think in the playoffs, having an option to post up and score like that, banging in the post, is going to be huge for a team if you need to slow down the pace, you know, grit and grind a little bit. So if he can move his feet on defense so he can stay on the floor, score efficiently, and run on the break, I think he's going to be the guy that puts them over the top against other people. 
I agree. I agree. And it's good to have a guy who can match up with the Stephen Adamses and the Dwight Howards and mm-hmm. that some of these, you know, contenders are actually going to have. Um, and, you know, the, now that we're talking about the Blazers a little bit, um, matching up with him, uh, yeah. the, the guys that they got back, Nurk and Collins, and I guess Whiteside. Who cares about Whiteside? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. JV is going to be important because if they want to go small and they want to go, you know, death lineup esque, they can always put JJJ at the five, right? They can put Jaron Jackson Jr. there and they got a sweet shooting big then at the five who can play defense. So I think, yeah. uh, I do think they have a lot of flexibility. In their they're de- yeah, exactly. Flexible. All right. Yeah. They're just young and they're going to go as far as John Morant takes them, honestly. Agreed. Young Westbrook. All right. Young Portland. Um, I'm worried about them. As you've said, playing against the Lakers, I don't think we'd lose. Uh, but you never want to see Dame in the playoffs. That's the last person you want to see. You know, with Nurk healthy, they're going to have two bigs. They're going to have uh, pretty much everybody back. Um, I'm worried about them. But I think they're going to have to reintegrate quickly. They're going to have to mesh. And uh, if they don't do that quickly, they're going to be in the first round against the Lakers and they're going to get their ass beat. So it's about how quick they're going to be able to get that together. Yeah. um, I think that Portland is probably the number one team you don't want to see in the eight seed because it doesn't feel like an eight seed, like I mentioned earlier. I mean, they they were in the conference finals last year. um, And they're basically that team just a year of more cohesion. Um, and the only reason they were so bad is because of injuries. So I, I think it's actually a little unfortunate for the Lakers that the, that they didn't just take the existing playoff teams into this bubble, you know, that they gave the Blazers a chance here because yeah. I think they're going to take full advantage. I think we're going to see Dame in the playoffs and you're right. I don't think we're going to lose. And by we, again, I mean the Lakers. Um, I don't think the Lakers will lose. I think, uh, I think we do have a stronger team, obviously. Um, you know, the Blazers aren't the best team in the West, but you don't want to see that team. That's not an eight matchup. You know, that's not what you want to see. Agreed. You want to see the cakewalk that the Bucks are going to see on the other side with Orlando yeah. um, or the Nets, the I Nets. guess, most likely if the Nets fall. Um, yeah. yeah, That's what you want to see as an eight seed. You don't want to see the Portland Trail. Seeing a superstar in the eight seed is never fun. No. All right, New Orleans. New Orleans, Zion. Yeah, what else is that? It is all no, you say. It. Actually, we don't have to spend a lot of time on them because everybody knows what they are. They're young. They're fun. They get up the floor. Zion. But I think Ingram is going to be the X factor. Um, I think he might be the most underrated player in the league. He's so good. He's so fine tuned on offense and deadly. Um, but he's going to have to play like a superstar. He's going to have to take Homer. that. Sorry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know your bi love is a. Uh... A holdover here. I love him. I'm glad that he's playing well. All those baby Lakers, even D'Angelo with his rat, whatever you want to call him. But anyway, it's crazy to see so many former Lakers succeed away from us. They're everywhere. I mean, kind of sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, But we got AD, so we we really won. We did get AD. We, you know, it costs a lot, but we got the man. Hopefully, he stays. Please stay. Piper has been paid. So, yeah, Ingram needs to play like a superstar both ends of the ball. He needs to be clutch. That's what they're going to need to overturn the Lakers, which is not going to happen. So next, let's go to Sacramento. What do you got to say about them? I do want to mention one thing about the Pelicans. So uh, they're they're Zion-driven, right? We know this. And we know that the reason that a lot of these teams are in the bubble is because the NBA finagled it so that the Pelicans could be in the bubble and we could get Zion above. Um, I know all this. but I think there's some some interesting things going on with the Pelicans because when Zion came back, I mean they were insane. They had an insane record with him. Yeah. I mean he only played eleven games and they I think they went like eight and three, right? Uh huh. Um, so it it was pretty crazy. Um, I I I'm a little skeptical of his defense. When you watch him, it seems like he misses a lot of assignments. He's not quite there yet, which is. T- to be understood, you know, he's a, he's a young guy, you know, young guys take a, a big learning curve in the NBA in terms of defense. It's, it's probably harder than offense um, to pick up at that level. So, uh, but if he's going to be their five in a small ball lineup, he's going to have to be the anchor of the defense. Um, and I know he's going to get there. He's a superstar in the making, but I think this year is maybe just a little too early for them. So I kind of hope that they do overtake Portland in these eight games and they're the ones that end up challenging Memphis yeah, for the eight spot. I'd love to see that. I would love to see one of those two teams. I think it'd just be fun to see Zion against LeBron. Um and I'm not worried about the Grizzlies or the Pels. Agreed. Um 
So, should we talk about the other three teams that are in this? I mean, we can. I mean, Sacramento, no Marvin Bagley. It's going to be really hard for them. Yeah, they got Fox. Cool. Yeah. They got Swiper. I think um, the X factor for them would be Giles. I think Giles, whatever you want to say, if he can step yeah, up, play more minutes in that open vacant spot from Bagley. Um, if he can play like that number one recruit he was in high school, this is his chance. So we'll see what happens there. It's the knee injuries that really knocked him down. Pat, yeah. huh? God, he's so many knee injuries going around. Man, I hope this isn't like a <laughs> all these a trend with these young guys playing all these minutes in AU ball. I mean, it's it's scary. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to say much more about the Kings. I love Bogdanovich. I wish we had traded Kuz for him. Sorry, Kuz. I, I like you, man, but Bogdan fits awesome with this R team, uh, Lakers again. Um, so I love Bogdan. I'd love to watch him in the playoffs. I think he'll be awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't think the Kings are going anywhere. So I don't think they'll snip the playoffs. San Spurs. Antonio, same thing. No Aldridge. No Aldridge. That hurts. So I think this might be the year we can finally. <laughs> I mean, you never want to say die on the Spurs, but I think the streak might end here. Yeah, I think this is it. As much yeah. as I love for whom the bell tolls, the San Diego or the San Antonio Spurs, San Diego. That'd be crazy. Um, San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. yeah. yeah the sun is setting on this. Uh, this franchise's run. And speaking of suns. The Suns are not making it, so let's just skip yeah, them. Garbage. Devin Booker's fun to watch. That's pretty much it. Tsunami um, Poppy. Get a boo. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so, wow, we did it. We got through all of 13 Western Conference teams in this That bubble. was brutal. Which, now that I'm looking at the standings, it is ridiculous that we took 13 Western Conference teams out of 15. There are only 15 teams in the Western Conference. It's a team that made it in this stupid bubble. Is that necessary? Why don't we bring oh, in God. the Charlotte Bobcats from 2005? Yeah. Well, team, yeah. Might as well combine teams like in Bleacher Report's uh, Game of Zones here. We'll make Team Sun Kings. And we'll <laughs> combine them into one. Before we move on to the next uh, thing here, I quickly want to talk about the Timberwolves. Do you remember at the beginning of the season when Carl Anthony Towns was talking all that mess about well, don't sleep on the Wolves? They didn't even win 30% of their games this year. They were terrible. Yeah. I don't know. I waffle on him a lot, man. Is he the next KG or is he the next Kevin Love? What is he? He's like um, Vlade Divac. No, he's not Vlade. Come on, man. He's got the offensive skill set of like 14 Vlades. <laughs> but yeah, because I think he's leaving that franchise. I think it's... it's he just got his best buddy there. It's just, is he a winner like KG? Um, I mean, you know what? No respect to... I shouldn't disrespect Kevin Love like that. Kevin Love is a winner, and he was a big part of those Cleveland teams. Um, but he also showed that you know a lot of his stats were were good guy, bad team syndrome, right? Um, empty stats. So I I'm worried that that's the way Carl Anthony Towns is going to go. That he's he's racking up these stats and he's an offensive engine, but he's he's doing it because I mean no one else is there well, on the tables or never any games. He's got a long off season to think about what he's done. Let's move on. All right, let's move on. Okay, so uh, we're running up on time here. Uh, <laughs> we're like 38 minutes in. Uh, not too bad, honestly. We went through the entire Western Conference, so I'll give us a little bit of credit for that. But I I do have a little fun thing for us. All right. I have a little uh, trivia, a little pop Let's quiz for you. Uh, you. You up for this? Do I need a pencil? <laughs> No, this isn't a test. Uh, you I can just do Scantron. I'll give you a question, and I think you just, I'll give you three minutes. You just blurt out as many names as you can come up with, um, and I'll try and check them off the list. And if you can get them all, that's awesome. If you can't, we'll talk about it. You know, no biggie. This isn't pressure. I'm not grading you. you didn't get <laughs> all um, right. <laughs> all right. So, are you ready? ready for this question? Yeah. So in the spirit of this this shortened season that we're having, right, this hiatus leading into a shortened season, I'm curious if you can tell me the 16 playoff teams during the last lockout shortened season. Ooh, in 2011? Yep, the 2011-2012 season. Okay. And for bonus, if you want to name the top scorer from each of those playoff teams during the regular season, that'd be cool too. But yeah, if you want to give them the top, you know, the 16 playoff teams during that season. Okay, wait. It's a lot of big names. Before so you do it, the timer, uh, does it have to be in order? No, 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 no. Okay. Just say them out. Just blurt them out. All right. Ready? 
Ready and go. Uh, Brooklyn Nets leading scorer Joe Johnson. Uh, nope. I mean, you got the. Uh, well, okay, yeah. So you got the Nets aren't in there, so no. Okay, Miami Heat, LeBron James. Yes, correct. New York LeBron Knicks, seven point one points per game. Uh, New York Knicks, Carmelo Anthony. Correctamundo, New York Knicks, Carmelo Anthony, twenty-two point six points per game. Boston Celtics, Paul Pierce. Boston Celtics, Paul Pierce. Yep, this is the surprising part. How many points do you think Paul Pierce scored? Eighteen. 19.4. Okay, it's not so surprising, I guess. They were all old. They were old. Okay. But this is a theme. I'll come back to it. Atlanta Hawks. So three. The Hawks. Yep. Joe Johnson? Yeah. Yes, and Josh Smith, weirdly enough. They both scored 18.8 points per okay. game. Okay, I thought he was already on the Nets by then. Okay. No, no. Um, nice, you got four. That's pretty good. How much time minutes. do I have? You got two minutes. Um, Lakers, Kobe Bryant... Lakers, Kobe Bryant, Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, Mavs, Dirk, yep. Kobe scored 27.9 points per game, and Dirk is correct. Suns. Dirk scored 21. Steve Nash. Suns, nope. And Steve Nash, nope. Oklahoma City Thunder, Durant. Yes, Durant. Chicago Bulls, um, Derrick Rose. Correctamundo. But Rose only scored 21.8 points per game. San Antonio Spurs, Tim Duncan? Not Timmy. It's Parker, actually. 18.3 points per game. Grizzlies. One minute. Uh, uh, Marc Gasol. Grizzlies. Marc Gasol. Nice. Um, Hornets? Chris Paul? Well, it wasn't Marc Gasol. It was actually Rudy Gay. I'm sorry. But uh, what, what was that? Hornets? Hornets, Chris no. Paul. No. Damn. I think you're thinking the wrong era. Uh, were the Pacers in there? The Pacers are in there. You got to guess for the score? You also got Danny 30 Granger. seconds. Danny Granger, blast from the past, 8.7 points per game. Nice. All right, you're only missing a few teams here. How much time? You got 30 seconds. Okay. Um, Clippers. Clippers, correct Amundo. Can you guess? Who? Uh, Blake Griffin. Oh, yeah. Big Blake, 20.7 points per game. How about? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Nuggets. Ty Lawson. Yeah. Dang, nice pull, dude. Nice right pull at the end. Anymore. Nuggets, Ty Lawson, 16.4 points per game. That was their leading score, 16.4. All right, so that's all We'll, we'll go down them. You did pretty dang good, man. It's not bad. Okay. So Philly, Philly also made it. And Luke Williams was their leading wow. score at 14.9 points per game. The what? lowest. 14. They had a leading score that only scored 14, less than 15 points a game. That was insane, I thought. Um, that was the trend I was talking about. There were a lot of teams that had leading scores that scored less than 20 points per game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you missed Philly, but you know, no shame there. Um you're pretty good for the rest of them. I mean, um, you missed the Magic and Dwight. Ooh, that was so obvious. Dwight was scoring 20 a game. Um, and you missed Utah. Al Jefferson. Uh, yep, Big Al scoring yeah. 19 this game. Um, and that's it. You only missed three teams, man. Not so bad. Pretty dang good. And you got most of the top scorers. So. That was a good year. That was a fun season. That was a good year, uh, despite the lockout. But yeah, I mean, let me count them up here. This is like one, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of these teams has top scorers that scored less than twenty points a game. Wow, like that's unheard of in the modern it's a era. Different right? era. Dang. Oh, that was so weird. But yeah, dang, good job, dude. Thank that you. Thank fun. you. Um. All right. So uh, do you want to wrap up with this last topic? I know, yeah, let's uh, do this. this project of yours. Get a boo. Get a boo. Um, all right. So we can call this what? Like blast from the past. We want to make this a regular segment Might as well. I like that. Blast from the past. Yeah. This edition can be. Um, so I'll let you listeners in on this. Uh, Jake thought it'd be cool if we, we listed each of our individual top 10 players of all time. You know, our, our personal top 10. 
Um, yeah, so I think we can just get into it. I think you did the most research, so go for it, man. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a mixture of research and gut. Um, but yeah, so I got uh, MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Kobe Bean, Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, Shaquille O'Neal, Timmy D, and an honorable mention to Hakeem the Dream. Hakeem the Dream. All right, so let's do that one more time. Number one was who? MJ. MJ. LeBron. LeBron. Number two already. So that was surprising to me, but I like it. I like it. He's undeniable. He is undeniable. He's inevitable. He's Thanos. Kareem, number three. Gotta have the cap. Respect. I hopped Kobe over Magic because he played a few more meaningful seasons and better on the defensive end. And I just think he was the better player overall. It's not, I, you know, I'll probably argue it at the end, but I, I can't argue too much. Yeah. And then Bill, number six, for obvious reasons. Bill, number six. Okay. I have Bird at seven just because I think he might be the most underrated player in NBA history. Um, even so, though he's celebrated, I think people like, don't really realize how phenomenal and dominant and game-changing he was. Um, and then so I have Wilt at eighth because he's undeniable, his stats. But I think the knock against him is if he was that dominant in that era, he should have a handful of rings. And then okay. nine, I have Shaq. Phenomenal longevity and just super dominant. And then Timmy D at 10, uh, the big fundamental himself. And I couldn't end it without mentioning the dream. He's just another one of the most underrated players in NBA history. All right. Well, who was your number seven? I missed that. Larry. Larry. So it went Mike LeBron, Kareem Kobe, Magic Bird? Bill. Magic Bill. Okay. Magic Bill Bird. Could be a band name there. Magic Bill Bird. <laughs> Magic Bill Bird. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Not uh, not a bad list, man. Pretty unassailable. Thank you. Thank you. Although I feel like a lot of these top 10 lists come down to the same name, just in some particular order. Right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna move Wilt up, you know, in, in my list. I think I have pretty much the same ten. Um I think it's I'm going to have two things that you're not going to like. I'm going to move Kobe down. I'm going to move Wilt up. Um, So I'm moving Kobe to um, number eight, one ahead of Shaq. Um, Actually, no, I'm going to put him number seven, one ahead of Bird. Yeah, I'm going to put him number seven, one ahead of Bird. And I'm going to have Wilt um, right behind uh, Bill. Um, So my my list is going to go MJ, number one. LeBron too. I like that order. I actually think uh, LeBron's coming for MJ with every every passing season. And yeah. uh, I mean, if he gets one with the Lakers, man, if he gets two, I think it's it's done. I yeah, it's a wrap. But if he gets one, it's going to be a real conversation. And I don't know. It's kind of kind of a coin flip at that point. Until Jordan drops the Last Dance Part Two. <laughs> yeah, and three and four. I mean, he's probably got them stacked up. He's like, every time LeBron gets close to my legacy, I'm just going to drop a new series. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've got Mike LeBron. So I'm with you there. And I think uh, I think giving Kareem the respect at three, I like that. I like that. But I'm going to put Bill next. Okay. Um, and I'm going to put Wilt right behind him. Uh, you know my affinity for Wilt. Yeah, uh, I obviously, I haven't talked about this podcast, but I love Wilt. I just think the numbers he's put up are insane. And I think being that dominant is insane. And and I don't really hold the lack of championships against him because basketball is a team sport. And I think he, he rarely had great teams. Um, and when he did have great teams and he sacrificed, you know, i.e. when he was on the Lakers, um, he did win finally. Yep. So I think, I, I think his achievements are so mythical in proportion that he deserves to be recognized. He is. He's like a, like a mythical beast kind he of. Is like this this fantastical creature that you talk about you know in hushed tones and it's just amazing (laughs) um so yeah so i'm going mike lebron kareem bill wilt and then i'll go um magic kobe bird 
Shaq Timmy. Okay. Yeah. So we had the same 10. Yeah. I, I would love to shove the dream on here, but I don't, I don't think you can shove him past Timmy. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, Shaq's better than the dream. You would have to like shove bird down, but I, I don't want to shove bird down any further than I already did. Cause I feel like that's disrespecting him. Yeah. I mean, with better health, he might have had a way better career. That's the hard part. With these guys. Magic. Yeah, with with the current technology that we have, you know, um, current training staffs, man, he his career might have been way even better. I mean, can you imagine his legend? No, he'd yeah. be he'd be top five easily. Yeah, so I I don't think I can move Bird. I can't penalize him anymore for just bad luck and bad back. Um, he was a man's man. A man's man. He laid it up like a real man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, man. Well, this is fun. I like this. Um, I think we did. I'm going to give us a, a B, a solid B on this intro podcast. It wasn't perfect. We had some stumbles. I think we cursed a few times, but I'm going to bleep those out. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. And uh, yeah, I mean, we hit our topics. That's important. We're a long-winded, but we're rookies. We are a little long-winded. But uh, yeah, what rookie isn't gasping fair at this time of the season? So uh, <laughs> we hit the rookie wall, exactly. and we're only one podcast in. We're awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess uh, we can just sign off then. Um, you got any last uh, words of wisdom for us? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we'll just we'll just cut it. Uh, it was great talking to you all. We'll see you in part two of this two-part series. Uh, we'll talk about the Eastern Conference. Um, and hopefully we'll be a little bit better at this, you know, every day. Steps forward. Stay hopefully. safe. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Very important. Wash your underwear. Don't pet stray dogs. And, and your hands. Please wash your hands, too. Mm-hmm. Just underwear. Um, yeah, don't pet stray people, either. That's a big no-no. Yeah, so uh, good talking to you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you in the next one. Get a boom. Peace.